What's up, everyone, and welcome to Through the Veil, episode number nine. I'm your host, Alex Nelson, and in today's episode, I have on Frank Losa of Ketone Aid, and we actually go deep into ketosis and all about ketone supplements, both what are known as ketone esters and ketone salts. This episode's a very technical episode. We dive really deep in a lot of the science um, about ketosis. So if you're a science nerd like me, you'll enjoy this one. If you're not, then maybe this one isn't the one for you. And there's plenty of other episodes about different topics. But hope you enjoy this one. If you do, please consider dropping a five-star rating on iTunes. Uh, if you're on YouTube watching this, then give me a thumbs up, a comment, and uh, drop a subscription to the channel, and share this one with a friend if you enjoy. Without any further ado, let's go right into the episode. All right, and we're live. So welcome to the podcast. Glad to have you on. Uh, Frank, if you can maybe introduce yourself and within a couple paragraphs, a couple sentences, kind of explain what it is that you do and kind of what you're into. Right. So my name is Frank Yosa. I'm the CEO of Ketone and I sell what's called an exogenous ketone. It's where you drink the same molecule that your body would make naturally after a multi-day fast. So your body burns fat and it makes ketones. And this is that drink. Uh, but what makes this drink unique versus all the other exogenous ketones that are out there is this is a ketone ester, not a ketone salt. So a lot of this, almost all of the successful science, at least, is around the ketone esters and the ketone salts sometimes try to latch onto that success and say, hey, look, ketones work. So it's a ketone ester. It's called uh, KE4. The company is Ketone Aid. And this initially was one serving, but people take you know, fractions of a serving. Yeah. And yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I've, uh, I've taken it before and gotten a pretty pronounced effect myself um, when I did actually use the ester. Of course, the huge difference between the esters and the salts, effectiveness is number one, but number two is the taste. It's not as bad as I had heard, but it definitely isn't like a delicious sports drink. But I thought one of the things that was really cool about it, and we can dive a little bit deeper into what exactly ketosis is, but it actually increased my millimolar ketone blood ketone rating from like, I think I was at 0.4 or something. And it, I went all the way up to 3.2, I think it was. 3.2 yeah, or 3.5. You probably, probably took about 20 mLs, maybe a third yeah. of a bottle to get there. That'd be my yeah. guess. Yeah, it was around that. It might've been, yeah. it was a third or a half either way. But yeah, it was yeah. a very pronounced so, effect. Most people are taking just 10 mLs and getting like a one millimolar mm. bump. So it's more cost effective. Because what you drank, um, 20 to 30 mLs would be like 10 to 15 bucks worth. Right. Where 10 mLs, a smaller amount, just getting a one millimolar bump is about five bucks worth. So it's more sustainable, something that someone can do on a daily basis for working out or for mental acuity or you know different uses, which we can definitely go into. Yeah, absolutely. So I guess let's let's start digging in and kind of go through just what your definition of ketosis is and just a general overview of the science from the top level. So people who maybe are not familiar with ketosis can kind of have an understanding of it. Okay, so sure. So the ketogenic diet, I'll just do a quick recap on that. Unless you've been living on a rock, you've, you've heard about the ketogenic diet, which is 80% fat, 15% protein and 5% carbs. If you eat too much protein, it's called the Atkins diet and the protein converts to carbs. So it doesn't allow your body to be in this emergency uh, mode of being starved of carbs. Mm -hmm. And 
uh, in that emergency mode, your body will go to your fat reserves, burn fat, and deliver ketones to your body. And that is what is called ketosis. But the problem is people are defining it different ways. Some people define it as your body burning fat and making ketones, that process. They, they're calling that ketosis. Right. Other people are calling ketosis the mere fact that you have ketones in your blood. Right. So there's a wild, wild difference between the yeah. two. And, and there are, you can't just equate what happens with diet exactly to what happens with you right. know, nutritional with, with ketosis versus blood ketosis. Right. Level. So for example, you know, if you're using one definition, you could eat a cake and you'd be kicked out of ketosis and not right. being ketosis. But then using the other definition, you have cake and then you drink the ester and you are in ketosis. Right. So I don't agree with that definition at all. Yep. It's extremely confusing. I wish they would break down uh, it, it into endogenous, meaning that your body makes it, mm -hmm. endogenous ketosis and exogenous ketosis. Right. Like they say, exogenous ketones. Why not have that word for ketosis? Because some companies will say, you know, deep ketosis really fast or, yeah. you know, you're sitting there. Uh, other people are working out in the gym, but you're sitting there and you're drinking this drink and they're like, you're burning fat. Look, there's ketones uh, in your blood. You're burning fat. They're like right. miscalculating the... The, the way that it works. Um, if anything, and this really freaks people out. It actually, yeah. when you drink the exogenous ketone, it can actually stop endogenous ketosis. Right. And when people hear that, they go, oh, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Why would I want to stop myself? And you know, we can get into that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it stops yourself. Think about it. Why would your body make an emergency fuel saying, oh my God, I need this fuel. Yep. If it just drank it and you're sitting on the couch with a keg of it, like it just exactly. it doesn't make sense. Yeah. So uh, one thing that's also confusing is the scientific papers that talk about ketone esters and exogenous ketones, they use the phrase nutritional ketosis mm -hmm. or exogenous ketones. Ah. Which, nutritional, yes, the, the ketone is not a supplement. What we sell is a food. Right. But I think of the word nutritional as in you went to Whole Foods and you are eating yes. a keto diet. So that's nutritional ketosis. But they somehow, these scientists are not, not marketing people. They just probably didn't even think about, you know, the ramifications of using this phrase. And suddenly nutritional ketosis means drinking exogenous ketones. So yeah. it's extremely confusing. So someone says you're now in deep ketosis in three minutes or 15 minutes, 20 minutes. Well, not exactly. Yeah. And I think it's, it's an inter interesting distinction because there's papers on both subjects. There's papers on supplemental ketosis let's call it endogenous yeah. or exogenous ketosis and then there's papers on endogenous ketosis so being able to parse those out and realize that both have benefits and both are for specific things but they're not the same is super yeah, but they don't use that phrase i wish they right. used that phrase and i don't know maybe you can tell me the ones that talk about keto diet what phrase do they use i think they just use the subject is in ketosis, right? Yeah, or they still use nutritional ketosis. But they use nutritional ketosis for, yeah. for diet form? I did not know that. I, I yeah. know that the exogenous ones use nutritional ketosis. So now that's just... Yeah, exactly. It's all mixed together. And people are like, oh, it's the science. Yeah, well, you know, sometimes the science people don't make things very... Right, they're not thinking about it in that way. And I think the people that, you know, nutritional ketosis to me implies the same thing that I think you're thinking of, which is caused by your diet over time, not I just drank something five minutes ago. Caused by your diet, let's tweak that a little bit because caused by your diet, the ketone can be part of ketone ester can right. be part of your diet. Exactly. So it's more what your body is making. Yeah. 
and even that gets confusing because yeah. MCT oil is a quasi exogenous ketone. It's a right. super strong C8 coconut oil. Mm -hmm. And is that an exogenous ketone? Are you drinking ketones when you drink MCT oil? Well, kind of, I say, yes, I say it's an exogenous ketone because it, you drink it and it goes through your liver and happens to spit out BHB, but it's not really your body going to your own fat reserves and using its own system to make BHB. You're still right. drinking it exogenously. So yeah. that's how MCT is kind of like a hybrid. Right. It's kind of in between, which makes sense. I think, uh, so I've been doing the keto diet off and on for probably about six years now. And just for those that are listening who don't have an idea of it, it's essentially the strict form of it is 80% fat, 15% protein, 5% or less carbs. Um, there are varied versions of that and each person has a different response. I notice I do pretty well with 75% fat, uh, more like 20% protein and 5% carbs, but it's different. Depending on how much you work out, if you, I think my understanding is if you work out more, your, your protein can kind of go up a little bit more and not be like a, an overfilling bucket that spills into the carb. Bucket. Yeah, and I think I saw, I don't know if you're familiar with Dr. Peter Atia, but I saw something he did and he was talking about how a useful thing to know is that you can have, it's, I'm gonna fuck up the term here, but it's like intra-workout glycolysis or something where your body will actually utilize a small amount of glycogen during a workout and shuttle it directly to the muscle rather than trying to store it and kicking you out of ketosis, which I just yeah. thought was interesting. So if you are working out more, the carb content can go up a little yeah, bit. So the protein. Some people do targeted carbs when they're, when they're keto during their workout. And the idea is, well, it's a little bit different than what you're talking about, yeah. but if they can burn off those carbs by the time that they're at the end of the workout, right. you know, you can still be in ketosis. Like it's not shutting down your system's body to have to make more fuel. If you use up that, those carbs, then, you know, you'll be fine. But real quickly, that is a good segue into, you know, some people say, well, why would I drink a ketone ester? I'm already in ketosis, but it's, it's different. It's kind of like a carb based person saying, Hey, I've got glucose in my blood. So why am I going to do a gel pack before I do weightlifting? It's exactly the same thing. So a yes. keto person has no fuel source except for what is already left over in their system. And it's just not sufficient right. for, you know, a 30 minute, a one hour workout. Yeah, you will make ketones along the way. But if you drink exogenous ketones, your body is able to use that extra fuel exactly like a glucose-based person exactly. would use uh, would use carbs. So all these keto athletes, you know, think that they have to use this targeted uh, carb program because they need carbs. Right. The misunderstanding is they need fuel right. and they don't have a fuel source yet. But and now they can use you know ketone esters. But let's not confuse people too much. The ketone ester is actually designed for non-keto military and athletes right. so it's actually so strong that i can actually because glucose versus uh ketones that kind of fight against each other yeah it's so strong that it can actually be used with carbs uh, at higher amounts and it can be used for non-keto people it just happens to be that keto people are the early adopters they know what it is and for me to explain to a regular glucose based marathon runner you know what ketones are and ketone esters is i mean it's just you know come back and Come yeah. back after watching 10 podcasts. <laughs> exactly. And I think it's, it's an interesting distinction too. So I've used the ester for Muay Thai um, that if you are in a state of, let's call it perpetual ketosis because you're doing the keto diet, what's going to suffer the most, it seems, I think the jury is still somewhat out on this, but what's going to suffer the most is your ability to have explosive movement. So 
marathon, you might actually do better once you're fully adapted and you've been doing it for a year. But for explosive weightlifting, for Muay Thai, where you're doing a lot of explosive movements, that's where something like the ketone esters can come into play because it provides that extra fuel because basically your body just can't, it can't replenish the energy losing quite quickly enough using ketones like it normally can on a more carb-based diet. So that's one of the reasons I was so into the ketone ester and so interested in it was that it can kind of fill this gap where a keto diet's so good for so many other things that I do that I want to be on it, but then my athletic performance is suffering. It's like, well, how can I bridge that? Yep, exactly. And it's interesting you brought up the explosive power. So we've actually found some cyclists, they reported that they were never never able to hit their 100% hmm. top speed. They were able to hit their 98, 97. Right. But then what they were able to sustain, where they normally were able to sustain 90%, they could sustain 92, 93, 94. So it was kind of, they had to change their game day strategy to make sure that that lead was profound because yeah. you're going to get, you might get caught on that sprint because your blood glucose does go down when you take, you know, ketone ester, right. which is why the elite athletes, when they can afford it and take a larger bolus, they actually take both carbs first, yes. like up your blood sugar. And then you take the ester afterward. And the idea is that the blood sugar comes back down and you're using two fuels so that when you need to sprint, you can tap into the glucose. And when right. you need recovery and, and hills, you tap into the ketones. So we have found that people sometimes, uh, it can lower their, their peak, peak sprint. But the idea is that you'll be more recovered within three minutes. So you'll be able to do more, more frequent sprints. And you have to change your, your, your strategy a little bit. And we definitely yeah. recommend not doing this on game day because no. it can be an, uh, a different sensation. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta practice it before you do it. And I've, I've definitely noticed, you know, anecdotally, I've noticed that recovery effect where if I'm hitting the bag, let's say I can hit it hard, but I am, I get tired a little bit faster, but then if I take a minute off, I'm ready to go again versus needing two minutes off, but maybe being able to hit it for five minutes in the first place. So it's and just, that even works with weightlifting. We've had people when they're lifting weights, that recovery of your you know, arms going back down right. is you know, is significant and allows people to actually get more reps. Now, right. it doesn't necessarily make your muscles larger because you're you know, doing more reps because you're using that fuel. Yes. Um, separately, there's stuff with mTOR and recovery where your muscles are able to recover mm. after the workout so that you can do that same workout that you might normally only do a hard workout on your you know, upper body twice a week, three times a week, you can now do it four or five times a week. And that is what builds more muscle, not because you have fuel in your system and you're technically building, you know, lifting more weights or more reps. Right, makes sense. So let's dig into some of the benefits, both of the ketone ester and of the ketogenic diet in general. And I'll just let you go for it. Well, let me jump in it. real quick. And yeah. uh, before we get into that, the, real quickly, the difference between ketone salts and ketone sure. ester. Yeah, absolutely. 50 products on Amazon that claim ketone salts. Yeah. 95% of them are all sold through one distributor. Yep. And that distributor just gets their stuff from China. Yep. And it's, um, so there's two issues with the salt. So the main molecule beta hydroxybutyrate is acidic. So beta hydroxybutyric acid. And it's too acidic to drink directly because right. it's pH of one or two. Yep. So what they do is they add a base to it. A base is mm -hmm. all the salts, not just sodium, sodium, potassium, magnesium, calcium, and right. a lot of the companies will hide some of those under the RDA labels under percentages of RDA so that you mm -hmm. don't actually see the number of grams. But the amount of grams that you have to uh, 
take of total salt because it matters. Not just yeah. don't get tricked by the low sodium thirty and then right. bury it in and magnesium. Um, is just you know two to four grams per serving. And they say take two servings a day. And I'm all for the the extra salt. I take salt pills in yeah. the morning, yep. in the afternoon, but not that massive amount of salt. Right. So that's one issue with the ketone salts: the, the the massive amount of salt and the salt does inhibit delivery delivery of BHB when the salt is too high. Mm. I actually tell people to add some salt to their ketone ester. Yeah. But when you get too high in the multigrams, it just it inhibits delivery. Right. The second issue with most of the ketone salts, not all of them, is that they are racemic, which means the the body. If you've ever seen L-tryptophan or D-ribose, sometimes it's the D form, sometimes it's the L form. Hmm. They're opposites. D and L are the opposites. Uh, in the scientific world, they call it R and S, just to make it really confusing. Sure. But D and L, um, the D form is all that the, the beta hydroxybutyrate, all that the body can use is the D form. Hmm. Most of these products are racemic. So they have the D form and the L form because it's far, far less expensive for China. Right. But then you also have to combine the corresponding base with it. Mm -hmm. That makes the the amount of salt even higher. And we also think that the L form might block some of the D from functioning because it doesn't get get taken out of the system and might use the same transporters. So the ester doesn't have any of that salt problem. Mm -hmm. It is instead uh, combined with something called it's bound to something called D, the D form, D13-butanediol. Okay. So 1,3-butanediol uh, is similar to MCT oil, the C8, but think of it as 10 times stronger programmer. Right. Yep. So when you drink the ester, the BHB and the D13-butanediol split up in the gut, and then the BHB goes immediately, D form of BHB mm-hmm. goes immediately to your blood, so like a quick release. Yep. And then the slow release, it goes, the 1,3-butanediol goes through the liver to make a second round of the bhb but again it's like the mct oil but 10 times stronger because you've got for every tablespoon of mct oil you might get a half a millimolar but then you know one tenth of that or one fifth of that would you know with the esters it's just more uh, i think maybe 70 80 percent i'm not sure the exact number of now that converts to uh the bhb so that's why you can take much more of it, even though people are actually finding that they can take tiny, tiny amounts of it. Yeah. Um, so that's the, the difference between what's traditionally poo-pooed. They poisoned the well, made all these claims and stuff. They point to the scientific papers that are talking about the ester and they say, look, ketones work. Yeah, but it's a completely different molecule. You, you can't do that. <laughs> um, right. And you know, making all these claims that just make it so that when people try the ketone salts, the ketone salts work for the first two weeks when you're entering into a ketogenic diet. And I actually tell people not to take the ester when entering a ketogenic diet. Right. And I'll explain that in a second. Yeah. The ketone salts work. Why? Because of the salt. Right. So if I told you to take 30 salt pills, you would think that I was crazy. Like, oh, you're going to OD on salt. But one little packet, you're like, yeah, sure. And then you put that in. But it's the same thing. Mm. So you need massive amounts of salt load when entering into a ketogenic diet. So yep. lo and behold, these exogenous ketones claim, hey, we'll help you get into ketosis. You know, your blood ketones will go up, but I think the benefit is the salt. Go save yeah. yourself some money and just buy some salt. sugar-free salt, either pills or, you know, electrolyte drinks with, mm-hmm. you know, multiple of them. Mm-hmm. And then after two weeks, people say that it stops working and their, and their rings stop fitting. Why? Yeah. Because after two weeks, you no longer need that massive right. salt. So now you're just getting, you know, super bloated and then they, you know, it stops working and then they put it on the shelf until they have the next cheat day and then they have right. to start the whole process all over again. Um, 
Yeah, so I tell people not to use the ester when first entering into a ketogenic diet. Even a relative called me saying, hey, I want to go back. I want to go on a ketogenic diet. I want to try this. So how do I use your esters? I've got them. I said, actually, I don't want you to do it. I want you to do it the old school way because too many things will happen. You'll get the keto flu, which, you know, you can talk about how to not get it. You can have all these problems and you're going to attribute it to the ester. And, you know, we let people return the product that they don't like it. And the three returns that we've had were people that started the conversation with, you know, so what's a ketogenic diet? Yeah. And you're like, just doesn't work. Go do the right. diet first successfully. And then, you know, maybe on your second and third attempt, once you understand how to do it, then you can kind of use it to supplement, you know, the fuel of your brain. Right. Having a finished uh, uh, capacity temporarily, you know, the brain fog that might happen with the ketogenic diet. And know what it's for. I mean, it's a supplement. So it is, I mean, you can tell me, but what I imagine it is for is it's a performance enhancer. It's not a complete replacement for the diet. So anyone that's trying to use it to either just take it regularly to always be in ketosis or to just get into ketosis easier, it's not going to have that effect. But what it's great for is in a concentrated circumstance where you want one result, then it's fucking amazing for that. So, yeah. And I've told people, if you want to see what it's like, what all these people on a ketogenic diet talk about, and after they've been through the keto flu for two weeks, and then they have mental clarity on the other side, Mm -hmm. sure, go ahead, take the ester one time, Yeah, feel the mental clarity, and then just, you know, never take the ester again and just go do the diet and have those benefits. Now, when you put them, the two together, it has cumulative benefits. But for the most part, if you haven't been able to do the ketogenic diet and you failed two or three times, Sure, this will give you encouragement that there is you know, a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, and that's a great, great point I hadn't thought of. It really does help to actually know what you're aiming at. So you actually know what the benefits are. You've felt it before. Because I, I mean, when I've been in deep ketosis before, it's like I'm walking around on cloud nine. And it's hard to explain that to someone. Like, what do you mean you just feel happier? Like, well, I've got a stupid smile on my face all day. It's just what it is. And When I walk around in a sunny day and I'm not wearing sunglasses and everyone else has sunglasses on, and this is just through food, not through the through the ester, because I'm a I do a vegan keto diet and I've hit eight on a vegan keto diet. Yeah. Um, but I see people walking around with sunglasses. I think that they're like these drones, just you know, mm-hmm. like carb-based drones right. walking around, like not knowing that sunglasses might not be a natural thing. Like yeah, maybe exactly. the natural state is ketosis and not having sunglasses. Right. Absolutely. And so I guess let's dig into so you mentioned quickly how to avoid the keto flu. So let's touch on that, uh, which yeah, I think is a useful thing to know. You need, uh, some people will add caffeine in order to make up for the energy loss. I'm anti-caffeine. I'm pro decaf coffee, but just the, the caffeine is a stimulant. You've got to, you know, you're running up your body and it's going to come down somewhere else and mess sure. up your sleep. And so, like so I don't suggest that, but just massive amounts of salt and people say oh yeah well i i I shook more salt onto my whatever and i said no no unscrew the top and start adding salt or i do salt pills because i don't like to do the whole drinking salt water where they put you know a a teaspoon in water and shake it up so massive salt and my wife was a guinea pig a couple years ago when we started playing with this and she was in a fetal position you know trying to do the keto uh, diet in a fetal position crying with a heart racing headaches like what are you doing to me i need to go to the hospital yeah. And I called some experts and they said, give her like you know, 10, 15 salt pills. And sure yeah. enough, 15 minutes she was up. Yeah. And I even heard about this one, uh, spoke to this one 80-year-old lady, lady who was told to go on a ketogenic diet. Her doctor told her to do it. Her doctor didn't tell her how to do it. Within two days, she was in the hospital. 
took them two hours to figure out what was wrong. And I said, I can tell you what was wrong. She's like, how could you tell me what was wrong when all these MDs and stuff, you know, couldn't figure it out for two hours that it was low salt. Exactly. Like, yeah. How'd you know that? They just came in with a saline drip and that was it. And that was fine. Was like, yeah. You probably didn't tell them that you were on a ketogenic diet. They didn't yep. figure out that variable or they knew nothing about the ketogenic diet. So they didn't know that it just massively uh, depletes your body of water. And that's because yes. glucose, let's just simplifying it. So yep. scientists might hate this explanation, but glucose combined with water. Um, when you drop your glucose, the water just falls out of your system. That's why yep. people lose five or seven pounds and they love the keto diet, but it's right. fake water yep. weight. Uh, but with that water weight just flushes out massive amounts of electrolytes. Yes. So I think that 70% of the keto flu is the electrolyte problem. Yes. I feel the 30% is your brain is, was running on glucose and then it starts going down because there's less glucose and the ketone numbers haven't quite gotten up yet. So yes. you're in this limbo of not having fuel. So one, I think I heard from Ryan Lowry, one thing that you can do is do wind sprints. Mm -hmm. So super fast, uh, obviously consult with your doctor, but super fast activity that will deplete that last glycogen sure. reserve so that your body really needs to start making ketones. So get on a bike for 30 yeah. seconds really fast or one minute or do a little bit of a warm up. But that, that high intensity, you can right. burn through your glycogen uh, very quickly and that can help jumpstart ketosis. Absolutely. Real that makes, yeah, that makes sense. And that, I think it's useful for people to know it's like whatever the ratio is, like basically glucose holds on to four times the water, some, yeah. some large more, amount more. So when you are dumping all that, you got to think all that, all the minerals that you had, you have to replace those. So if you don't do that, you feel the effects. And you also, you'll notice that the first time you get into ketosis is by far the hardest. And then if you fall off the wagon for a couple of days or a week or whatever, that second time getting back in, it's actually much easier. And it's because your body has started to adapt and your body kind of knows how to use fats as a fuel a little bit better now so that you don't. I notice personally, at least I don't get as much of that brain fog. I don't get that. I don't really feel the keto flu much anymore because I know these things. It's like supplement with salt, supplement with magnesium, take more than you think you need. Right. Yep. <laughs> and and I do magnesium at night because magnesium tends to slow down the body. So I take right. magnesium pills. And then in the morning I do uh, sodium pills. I don't have them around me. Mm -hmm. Sodium pills and potassium pills. I found one pill of potassium that has 200 milligrams in each mm -hmm. one. So you can take fewer pills there's only right. one or two brands that do that and sometimes i'll take it again if i ever stand up and you're ever lightheaded uh that's a sign of you know low salts as well so then i'll take a couple more salt pills if i'm ever lightheaded yeah absolutely so let's dig into some of the benefits both of the diet and the ester uh, maybe starting with the diet and then we'll dig into the ester so with the est with the diet for sports performance it's interesting there are books about going into a ketogenic lifestyle and they talk about how the initially for the first few months performance goes down but then it catches up but it only catches up to baseline which i find right. funny like they, they find that as success and then they find some anecdotal you know a team here did keto and did well okay but they're only getting to the baseline and what's happening is they don't have you know the glucose in their system so their performance mm -hmm. goes down in their workouts but then the recovery benefit of the ketogenic diet with sport is so much better that they can actually work out more, more frequently, and sure. you know build back up that muscle. But it's still a car with no fuel in it. It's just a yeah. bigger car. Mm -hmm. uh, so then they can get back, but then there's just no fuel. 
So that's when, you know, you add the ketone ester to that equation and it's just like, you know, it's crazy. They actually yeah. have now the best of both worlds. They have a fuel source and they have the benefits of the you know, ketogenic diet. You can get some of the benefits if you're not on the ketogenic diet as far as recovery, but let's just say you're doing the, the diet, you're getting all the recovery benefits, but then now you actually have a fuel source during your performance. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, the benefits are of a ketogenic diet. I mean, you could, you could Google that and get, you know, 1000 different things come up. It's pretty, it's pretty endless. And is it yeah. so much the ketones or is it the lack of sugar? Is it the right. sugar that's actually, you know, holding you back or is it the ketones that are propelling mm. you forward? And who knows if anyone will ever figure that out. Yeah, absolutely. And do you have any insight into what actually drives that faster recovery time? Is it just lower systemic inflammation? Is it some specific yeah. way that's causing that? It just, I don't have the scientific answer that, that another scientist would, but I can tell you that it's, it's lower, well, lower inflammation is part of the equation. So less inflammation allows you just to be able to do it again. There are some papers on uh, just the mTOR system and muscle recovery. I'm not an expert in that, but there are papers on that. There was a recent Tour de France simulation study where they did three weeks. These are non-keto people, three weeks using the ketone ester, going all out like like a Tour de France, right. and then at the end they did a uh, they did a time trial and compared placebo controlled, and they were they went 15% faster. Wow! So the ability to recover over those three weeks is killer. And uh, Lance Armstrong just did a podcast yesterday. He does a podcast after each day of the Tour de France, and he said mm -hmm. that there was an instance where someone had not didn't drop a bottle but needed to get a special bottle and went back and sure. took the bottle and suddenly flew past everyone yeah and lance was saying that he thought that it was ketone esters and he thought that 70 percent of the teams in the tour de france are now using ketone esters work before it was just one team team sky yeah. that had used it for five or six years and completely dominated it yeah so it'll be very interesting to see if they win this year now that everyone else you know <laughs> they know might what's going on stock of their own yeah yeah, that's interesting. That uh, it's the ultimate sport for it, really, too, because recovery is such a big part of that. That I can imagine that's probably going to be the most one of the most pronounced effects yep. of any sport. So, and you know, I have one of these aura rings, which I'm guessing you might have one as well. And we're getting a lot of reports from athletes that their HRV numbers are just you know ridiculous. That's the heart rate variability, which talks about how recovered your your system is. Yes. So that's one way to actually quantify the results from the diet as well as from, from the ester is, you know, how quickly your body is able to do that hard workout again. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I noticed most pronounced and the reason I originally got into the ketogenic diet was mental clarity. I'm much more sharp when I'm in ketosis. It's like my brain works better. Um, some of the understanding I've gotten around that has been that the ketones do not need to attach to anything to cross the blood-brain barrier. So they're a more readily available fuel source for the brain versus okay. glucose. Uh, can you talk a little bit to that? Well, yeah, yeah, I can talk about that. So most people over the age of 30 have some level of glucose impairment in the brain. They don't realize it because they're not below this 88% threshold, which Dr. Steve Kinane talks about this 88% threshold. If your brain is fueled over 88%, you're not going to notice you know, much difference. But below that, when you start having more brain fog and, and brain mental impairment. Hmm. And the ketone esters bypass that blockage hmm. and just fuels the brain back up to normal. So right. some people will take the ester. And after a few days, they say, oh, you know, I don't really 
notice a difference and then they stop taking the estrogen, they go back to that 88 and they, yeah. they said, oh, now I notice a difference. And it was because they just felt normal. They felt right. their normal, fully fueled self. And we have given the ester to people that are either just double meditator. They meditate twice a day. They eat out of a vegan garden only. And they're just super crazy healthy. And they took the ester and they're like, I don't feel anything mentally. Right. And I try to explain to them, yeah, what we're doing is trying to make everyone else feel like what you feel. It brings yes. you to 100%. It doesn't bring, it's not a stimulant. It doesn't take right. you to 110, 120. Um, so it just fills that gap if there is a gap. So some people, they take the drink, they take the tiny amount and they might be hovering around 70, not realize it. Mm -hmm. And then they just, they, the, the, the clouds part, but mm -hmm. for other people, they either have to take more or they don't notice it. And it's right. funny. You said that you like the mental aspect. We have this one like bodybuilder, just huge guy and he doesn't use it for workouts. Yeah. He's like, I, he's like, I save it for my work day. I need to yeah. do sales calls and be on it. And he's like, the one month that I used it, my sales were up 50%. Yeah. I stopped using the ester and you know, a couple months later, I'm like, Hey, why, what happened in January? What was different? And, right. the, and he realized oh, yeah. it was the ester. And I said, I bet you, I know why you stopped taking it. And he's like, okay, why? I said, because you thought it was you. Right. Like, yeah. I just thought, Oh, this is me. This is, you know, a good, I'm killing it. <laughs> good me. I'm killing it. It's me. And then only when he stopped it, that he realized, Oh yeah, there's something to, you know, being, quicker on your feet, being mm. more witty, being faster or being more diligent, multitasking, you know, whatever, you know, it was the ester. And now he, now he gets it and he doesn't, he just takes us, he walks around with a small vial and just takes little sips of it every two or three uh, hours. So he yeah. uses it for mental performance as an executive, as opposed to bodybuilding, which is what physically people see in him. He's like, right. I, I don't need to be any bigger visually. So I got that. So let's focus on my brain. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is, it's such a useful thing to know that most people, I would venture to say in America, probably 95 plus percent of people, their brain is operating at, in an impaired state. Yeah. And I think the beautiful thing about the supplements is they can be such a gateway for people to understand like, hey, this is how you could feel most or all of the time. I think it's just, it's an easy thing. And I, I feel this way about psychedelics as well, which is a whole different topic, but it's this gateway for people to understand what their brain functioning correctly can feel like. And when they're able to have that experience, that can be the thing that opens the door for them. Cause it's really hard if you're in this foggy place and you have low energy and just work sucks and everything kind of sucks. Your relationships are just, uh, and then to suddenly imagine that you're going to be this perfect person and, go on this very strict diet is difficult. That's a hard sell for people. Being able to kind of give them that, that lever to pull where they can understand, okay, this is what I could be feeling like. It's just massive. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. They can, they can just, you know, try it one. Sometimes you have to try it two times because people need different amounts and there is something to MCT transporters, which is not MCT oil. Sure. It's the transporter of ketones to your mm -hmm. system. So if you're completely glucose based and your, your system, it might be a little bit foreign to them, but this isn't something that you have to take 30 days and then scratch your head. Like the NAD pills right. that you know, supposedly do something, yeah. which I'm not uh, a fan of. Um, this is, you know, should work on one, uh, one day, but maybe two or three, but if you're at five and seven and you haven't noticed anything, then you need to, you know, readjust the amount. The timeline right. must be taken on an empty stomach. Yep. There's different variables uh, like that as well. Absolutely. 
So I guess, uh, what is the, what's the thing in this field that you're most excited about that you kind of see coming down the pipeline or that you really see is like, that kind of lights your fire. You're like, Oh, I'm yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I did a, a YouTube video on what I thought the next 10 years would be in sport. Mm -hmm. So yeah. right now I think the elite athletes are using this, um, glucose plus ketone concept mm -hmm. of having the dual fuels and it sounds sexy two fuels is not, right. but I think ultimately, and we can't do studies on it because there aren't enough keto, there aren't enough keto athletes to do studies to, to test, you yeah. know, test different things because, you know, you can't just say, oh, here's some keto athletes. Let's give them a bunch of sugar one week and see what happens and then give them a bunch of esters the next week and it just doesn't work because then it kicks them out of ketosis. Just, so you can't scientifically prove some of these right. things. But I think ultimately it's going to be the best of both worlds is going to be fully keto athletes now having a fuel source maybe putting a little bit of carbs in for the performance day, but not the working yeah. out. So you get the whole working out benefit of being able to just grow and have more recovery and then game day having the fuel and maybe a little bit of carbs, but it's going to take a long time for a professional athlete to commit six yeah. to nine months to go keto. And I don't even suggest it to anyone because I'm like, I don't want to be part yeah. of you, know, you having to go down for six months, nine yeah. months. It's going to be a while. There's going to be some early adopters that are going to take the plunge and then other people are going to be like, hey, look at how they're doing. But I think that's what's going to be more and more pro profound is the, the keto diet for athletic performance and you know, now having a fuel source, you know, the ketone ester. That's where I think it's, it's heading. Absolutely. That, something I've noticed, more people are talking about it in even just my athletic sphere around me. And it's exactly what you're saying. A lot of people like, that I know that compete in MMA it's like, well, hey, if I've got a fight three months from now, am I really gonna am I gonna take the plunge to probably suck in that fight? But then maybe the fight after that I'll be awesome. And yeah. It's like it's a hard sell, but I think the more people that are kind of coming up with this knowledge and maybe are at a lower level of sport now, but then they're on the diet or they're trying the ester, then as they progress up the ranks, all of a sudden there's gonna be an influx of these people that are just better. Yeah, and one thing you have to watch out with the ester, which is my wife's fault. She she just said today, you know what? I think I'm gonna stop taking the ester. Yeah. Because she tends to cheat a little bit more on the diet, and because sure. you're testing your ketones in the morning, and is that ketone a, a, you know leftover from some ester that I took, or is it from the diet? And then you know, so you still have to eat properly and eat right. It doesn't doesn't work as well, nearly as well, if you start eating worse. I mean, you will gain weight and be more unhealthy if you use the ester as a crutch to eat, you know, either, I'm not, I don't want to say eat garbage, but just yep. move the needle on, you know, what you consider healthy now and, and in the future. But let me give you an example of a couple MMA fighters. So we had one guy who had to cut weight, um, I don't know, five, 10 pounds or whatever the norm is. And normally yep. his father said that he would cut weight and just be wobbling, just like they'd have to carry him off of right. the scale. And then this time he did it with esters to cut weight. And, uh, he wanted to spar he's like oh let, let's go let's go practice yeah so that's one example and then another example is during the actual performance itself it's on my instagram page mm. his father posted that uh he felt like things were in slow motion mm. so your brain just yep. just being a little bit faster when that you know kick is coming through it's not matrix style where it's like yeah. four times slower but just even five percent slower ten percent slower being able to see it sharper a little bit quicker process it i mean that's just crazy stuff yeah well yes. no weight that weight cutting is very interesting so that's something i hadn't really thought about but 
what's really happening, why, why the fighters feel so like shit. They're depleting their body of every drop of water they can possibly give out. That's why they're so low energy. That's why they're dizzy. So if you can put something back into their body, that's not the glucose that provides that source of energy. That's probably why he felt so great and just yeah. what's going on. But that, yeah, that's an awesome insight. Yeah. So soon, I, I mean, this, I really do think that this will just become the default. Just, yeah. just another, you know, for keto athletes and for non-keto athletes, it's another fuel source. Just, it'll be the default that everyone is going to have to incorporate it. Uh, and we're trying to get the price down. We're finding a lot. We have a Facebook group that's very active. People uh, post the good and the bad. And we're finding that the keto people are able to take just tiny, tiny amounts. Um, sometimes even just like a cap full, which is yeah. like two to three bucks worth. But I want to manage people's expectations and not, you know, have them expect something huge with, you know, one twelfth of a serving. Right. Um, one thing real quick with, you know, people sometimes they expect a caffeine jitter. When they yeah. think of energy, they think caffeine, they think jitters and just bouncing off the walls. It will do that if you mix it with caffeine. So if you're already taking caffeine, you feel jitters, that's the caffeine. It's not the ester. So the ester actually helps deliver caffeine mm. more to your system and can lead to jitters. So you might want to cut back your caffeine a little bit. Don't cut it back completely because then suddenly you're, yeah. you're replacing a stimulant with something that's not a stimulant and you're like, oh, I didn't notice anything. Well, yeah, you just took away a freaking stimulant. Exactly. <laughs> um, but if you... If you're not a caffeine drinker and you take it, the sensation that people report is initially they say it's hard to explain. And then they say that it's a calm energy. So like yes. a weird ninja type state where they're able to just process things quicker and be motivated and want to get up and do things, but not the jittery bouncing style. So you can actually miss the subtlety of it. And it might just feel like you're one good day that you had last month. So within your realm of normalness, mm -hmm. that one good day on you know, June 30th, right. it just happened to be today. And then you take the ester a few more days and you're like, oh wow, what wow. a coincidence. My one day out of 30 is again and again and again. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the goal. I, I liken it to flow state where yeah. it's that sort of calm, getting shit done energy that is very different from caffeine or anyone that has experience with being a little bit manic where when you take too much caffeine, you're like, oh, I gotta, oh, okay, I'm doing this, 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 and then you're actually not being very effective because you're just overstimulated. You're trying to do too much. You're not thinking clearly. You're not focused. This is much more along the lines of a calm, concerted effort that you're able to put into things. I notice I'm able to focus a lot better, which is just great for me. And that is the thing I think people miss with it. They do expect they expect a caffeine buzz and that's not right. what it is, but it's its own thing. That's better and preferable in my opinion. Have you ever taken as little as five mLs? I, I did. So I took, uh, I took five mLs, but it was right before I went to bed. So, okay. so that's, just that's a separate protocol, but you yeah. should try the five to 10 mLs even during the work day to see if even sure. pre-workout or immensely for the work day and see if that, that might be enough for you to notice a subtle, Hey, there, you know, something different. I was more productive today. And, so yeah, so there's a sleep protocol for women. It's half of a cap full and for men, sure. it's a cap full. So 2.5 mLs or five mLs and taking it before bed, people are recording their aura ring 45 minutes more deep sleep. Mm -hmm. We're not really sure why it does it. Um, so no one's done a clinical trial, put 20 people to bed and, you know, see what happens. But just on Instagram, people sending me their data and sometimes yeah. they say it doesn't work. Sometimes they take too much or they're ultra sensitive and they're 
deep sleep gets worse. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, they're showing much more deep sleep and more recovery for the next day, waking up more refreshed. Um, so that's the deep sleep protocol. And then recently, you know, we found, I put up a post on the Facebook group. Hey, anybody here smoke? Yeah. Now someone had a theory. Hey, I wonder if it'll help with smoking. Sure. And I said, anybody here smoke? Three people replied. The first person I asked, I said, you know, them not knowing that it, it could help with smoking. So it's kind of yeah. not a placebo effect because they didn't think that it would do anything or weren't expecting it. I said, did it help your smoking? And she's like, oh, I don't know. I think I might've smoked a little bit less this week. And I said, can you look back at your invoices, how much you smoke? She smokes right. one pack a day. And she was able to look back at her numbers and said that uh, she cut her smoking in half. Wow. Right, yeah. right off the top. She's like, oh my God. Like, And then the next person said, I thought it was a coincidence that I was just not smoking on the three days that I was working out, taking the estrogen. Now it might've been the workout, mm -hmm. but she'd worked out previously in her life and still smoked. Um, so she wasn't, you know, coincidentally not smoking. She just didn't have that drive and desire to grab a cigarette. Yeah. Um, and then the third person thought that the ester wasn't working, but then she found this correlation as well that she wasn't smoking. So it might have, you know, the stimulant of the nicotine might have been replaced with the ester. So she just felt mm -hmm. oh, normal. Okay, but now you're not smoking. Yeah. Um, and that's... How long that lasts? Will that, you know, make them kick it forever? It's really early, and we'd love to do. You know, ask me about things to be excited about. Love to see, you know, some clinical trials on something like that. And that's interesting because I think my personal pet theory is people that smoke, people that have negative habits, they're, you know, eating junk food, whatever it might be. Typically, it's to escape a negative feeling that they are experiencing internally and to get a consistent state. And you get that from smoking, you get that nicotine buzz, you get it from drinking a ton of coffee, you get it from eating a bunch of McDonald's and just feeling like, oh, okay, it's consistent, but it's not. They're trying to get rid of a negative internal emotional state, but it'd be very interesting because I know diet does affect that. Your gut biome does affect that, the way that you emotionally experience the world. So it'd be very interesting if you were able to hack that a little bit and that was what was happening is that they are feeling a little bit better on average. So then they have a little bit more of that willpower to kind of go, hmm, no, I don't think I need that 10th cigarette today. I think I'll yeah. just stop here. So that's super interesting to me. Absolutely. So we'll see. It's very early science and we'll see where it goes. Um, I expect, you know, 20 more papers in the next five or 10 years on every single subject. Yeah, that's awesome. So cool. We're getting close to the end here. So is there anything else you wanted to touch on that you think is interesting going on? I think we hit on... On most of the oh, jet lag, so mm. Dr. Marcola loves it exclusively for jet lag, so for long flights, anti-radiation effects. Mm. So that's another bonus. I have to try that next time I fly. That would be actually awesome. So I've done the the grounding protocol and then taking melatonin when I land, which is okay. It's better. I wouldn't mix the melatonin and the ester, by the way. It might have – we think that the ester increases NADPH which helps the melatonin absorption. So adding external melatonin, not sure how that would work with the equation. Gotcha, interesting. Cool, well yeah, uh, other than that, appreciate you ha coming on and talking about uh, ketosis, something that is a, I think an important thing for people to have, at least have a tool in their tool belt. You know, Maybe not everyone should be on keto as a diet, but to understand this and to understand what the way it can have different effects is awesome. And I 
you know, your supplement is one that I've definitely taken and been able to notice has just a very pronounced effect. So it's one that I'm partial to because so many other supplements on the market, you can't test in the way that I was able to test what you're doing, which is just take my blood level and go, I went from here to here. That's obvious. Yeah. So there's the proofs in the pudding. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think uh, if you can just tell people where to find you, uh, I know it's you have Instagram. Ketoneaid.com and we have a Facebook group so you can even just read hundreds of different people's posts. Uh, so ketoneaid.com slash Facebook. It's not the Facebook page. It's the Facebook group where it's more of a discussion. And, you know, we're also pretty active on Instagram as well. So ketoneaid, ketoneaid.com. Perfect. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on. I appreciate you, all the work you're doing in this space and helping to get people a supplement that actually makes their lives better and easier. So. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Awesome. All right. That was it for the episode. I hope you enjoyed and learned something new about ketosis that perhaps you didn't know before. And if you want to find Frank's products, you can go to ketoneaid.com or you can go find him on Instagram at ketoneaid. Uh, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, please share it out with a friend and give me a five-star rating on iTunes that helps grow the show and get it out to more people. And yeah, if you enjoyed this one, you can also go check out the YouTube version to see the video version of the actual interview. But I hope you have a awesome week and much love. I will see you next time.